Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Three great words. Free fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Bell one time on Friday. Set participating McDonald's through 12 31 24. Excludes tax must update to rewards. For me, there's nothing better than showcasing my joy. As a matter of fact, you all get to hear it twice a week, every week. <laughs> Our friends at Frito-Lay know that joy is bold, vivacious, and so contagious. Joy gives life flavor, rhythm, and vibes. And when joy takes flight, it can't be contained. It's robust, more than a smile or a laugh. It's an infectious experience. So here's to all the creators that inspire us with your creativity and passion. Let's keep filling the world with joy. And make sure you look out for the My Joy campaign, powered by Frito-Lay. Although enjoyment, I'm sad again. Don't tell my boyfriend It's not what he's made for What was I made for? That is the black lady on TikTok As (laughs) Billie Eilish Oh my god (laughs) Although enjoy me I'm sad again that Don't tell such a, my boyfriend that, It's not what it's made That video and that woman I don't know anything about her But I know that she was very actively involved In her high school's gospel choir Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I believe that she That's where she's got that is, that is the breadth and depth of her vocal training Wait, there <laughs> okay. was another one there was another one that we were listening to last night that she sang that she was doing the little the TikTok where they do the little split screen. Yes, yes. I don't know. This lady is incredible, though. I never knew that Billie Eilish song until I Thank saw you, that Fran. TikTok. Fran is always responsible for me knowing of the, the worst bullshit. of the internet. The bullshit. Like the wor- what? The worst <laughs> of the internet. We can always thank Fran equal. Burr, 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 Let me tell you for- Y'all get Manuka making us friend. aware. This we is what I'm get saying. Maniacal friend. <laughs> we get we get Harlem friend. Yes, we, we get, get the Harlem friend. friend. That we get Harlem friend. We yes. get your friend friend. That's that's the friend that we get. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't either. I love the blend. I love the blend. You know, because then you know, then you know, me and Fran go to our witch talk, and then that's just something different. <laughs> It's a balanced universe. I love that because I love that because there are times when Fran be sending me, we be sending each other like sermons. Oh, oh, her one of her favorite podcasts is the Potter's House. Listen, 
And I'm telling you, Fran will be like, did you hear Bishop today? I'll be like, girl, you know I did. She's like, did you, you listen know. to my dad? <laughs> he was like, oh my God. And she was like, I was just in my house like, woo! And I'm like, and I just preach she dead. was. <laughs> Fran be calling the craziest people. She'd be like, T.D. Jakes, her dad. She'd be like, uh, Osho, her dad. Yo, Fran is crazy, y'all. Y'all don't even I love know. Her. It cracks me up. We love you, Freddie. Qua- we, we just got to have stuff. We got to have Fran back on the show. Not about yes. anything. Just to talk. No. It's been a long time. Maybe we'll do the multifaceted sides of Fran. Oh, uh. Dimensions. Life. Duality. <laughs> duality with Fran Can you have multiple dualities? <laughs> uh, but praise the Lord, niggas. Praise him. Welcome back to another episode of Getting Grown. <laughs> Indeed. You know, it is the day before Valentine's Day. Oh, <laughs> It sure is. I didn't even remember. But here we are. I only remembered because it was in our notes. And so. Thank you, Mary. (laughs) Um, Capitalistic holiday. Yeah. We're going to have a really cool conversation to get your table a little bit later. Talking about sort of unpacking love as a verb, as an action word. And how we sort of practice Love mm. specifically for ourselves. Yes. And how that positions us to sort of love the other people in our life. Absolutely. Much, much better. Outside much. of just a romantic space. Yes. yes. But how are you, sister? How are you doing? I am doing well. It's a busy time. You know, uh, mm. that sort of easing into 2024. I think we are, you know, picking up the pace a little bit. Mm-hmm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it feels good to... I enjoy, I'm, you know, speaking of duality, right? I'm learning to, as as I improve my relationship with sort of rest and restoration and sort of mm-hmm. seeing the utility of rest, I'm also sort of uh, reconceptualizing how I think about energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really feel like in certain areas of my life and my work, I am starting to feel energized Mm -hmm. and i think it's because i am being more intentional about about cultivating better practices for rest Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that's been that's been good so i say that to say work is picking up but i feel energized and i feel sort of really prepared to do the work that i know that needs to be done in this season so Mm -hmm. i'm hoping to really find my stride um, on some projects professionally and personally mm-hmm. uh, over the next few few weeks. So I'm yes. looking forward to that. Yes. We're working. We're, we're working, working, honey. We was working all weekend. We um, were. And uh, shout out to Crystal Jean oh. and Furinasia for their 11th anniversary live you show. Know, what the fuck? Crazy. You know, not too many of the girls can say. Oh, none, none that can. I can think of. No. None that I can think of. No. So we're super I mean, proud of our it's friends. It's giving trailblazers. It's giving icons. No, it's fully trailblazed. <laughs> they they have yeah. fully trailblazed the podcast scene. We I must mean, give the flowers where they do. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. And we're not um, just saying that because they are our brother and sister, but no, uh, we no. we just out of respect as people mm-hmm. who show up and do this work week after week, we understand what it takes. Absolutely. And so we bow, we we take a knee. We <laughs> take our hats off. Word. Uh, because the girls have been working. 
And they've the been working have for been a working long time. For a long yeah. time, consistently. Yes, yes um, we love it. You know, and and people and not and not always under gracious conditions. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's it's beautiful the support that they've received. And yeah, I want to give them their flowers. Shout out to the drunk bitch at the show. First of Ooh. all, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I went into I mean, full I don't know if I'm, Listen, first of all, I I thought that I was going to have to spring into action because Jade got up off her feet, and I was like, "Where are you going?" <laughs> I wasn't gonna go find. I was. I wasn't gonna go find her. Right. But after I after I gave her a hearty, you have to shut the fuck up, and she yes. didn't because she was drunk. Yeah, I went and got security. I was like, "There's a bitch upstairs, and if y'all don't get her, I'm going to." So she, yes, uh, I just understand that the girls love to pregame and sort of be in a a good a good space. We used to we used to live Listen, that life. We get. I'm it. not. That's what I'm saying. I I understand. Then you know, have your fun, be outside, enjoy yourself. Um control yourself but control like let's be grown like yeah we we've been doing this for a little while now yeah <laughs> yeah uh and so y'all still yeah i mean we ought to have a what we hope we should be working on having some awareness around our limits <laughs> yeah yeah okay let's let's make that and a thing to, especially to some, so that it doesn't interrupt yeah and, and be disruptive and disrespectful yeah i mean it's just a lack of brought up see out here because i'm gonna tell y'all something you come heckling and being loud at, at our live show drunk like Lord that have mercy please and do i'm not. going to embarrass please do your not. whole lineage from that but stage the, <laughs> shout out you know fury and chris i'm ever proud of them and their professionalism yeah uh, <laughs> that's why they have <laughs> And that's why they are where they are. Exactly. <laughs> doing what they are doing. I'm not trying to, to fight. I wasn't trying to fight. I wasn't getting up to go fight, but I was getting up. No. Like, I was like, at this point now, get, like, my nerves just don't have the capacity for no more of this. I'm so. glad that you did. And evidently, I don't think that you were the only person because the security people were gal- galvanizing <laughs> as you were walking up. They was already <laughs> strategizing, like, how well, are we going to okay. get this handled? Get this bitch out of here. <laughs> uh, um, another thing I did this week. Mm. Well, today, after we talked. Okay, yeah. Uh, yesterday, I watched... The greatest pop uh night of music or whatever. Yes, yes, yes on a I Netflix. Did. Yes, I did. And let me tell you something. <laughs> I aspire to oh God. um do something so gigantic and monumental where it is talked about years and years and years later, drunk at like Algero. Algero <sighs> God bless the dead. Okay. Oh, yes, absolutely. No disrespect. Al Jero was drunk. <laughs> with a J. He was drunk with a J drunk, standing yeah. in a room of legends of all genres. Al Jero was wine drunk with a J. Wine. But Al Jero created an iconic moment that we did not we were not privy to before right. this documentary because so for those who haven't watched it yet the greatest 
night in pop history or whatever it's about the creation of the we are the world um song and if you either we are we are the world features like 40 plus artists um of great stature <laughs> all yes. on one track it was like the impossible done um michael from michael jackson to dion warwick to diana ross to Hall and Oates to uh, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen, uh, Kenny Rogers, Kenny wow, G, wow, wow. To uh, Cindy, Cindy Lauper, <laughs> Brooklyn's finest. Uh, you know all the girls: Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan, uh, Stevie Willie Wonder, Nelson, my yeah. white uncle, like Stevie Wonder, <laughs> um, the great. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> And I just love that Stevie Stevie ain't even show up. No, they wanted Stevie to help write it. Yes, <laughs> Stevie did not call them back. And Stevie didn't answer the phone. Like, oh, okay, and it showed up on the recording day. Like, what y'all had needed me to write? Three weeks oh. late on the demo. He showed up on demo day. Three weeks later, like, y'all ready to write the song? They were like, they Stevie. were like, the song is written. Stevie, please, we're here to record the demo. Stevie, <laughs> Stevie is a clown. Do you hear me? Because okay, so. Al starts oh hello it was um um child um Lana Richie oh no not, uh, yes him Smokey Robinson but no uh oh my god I just what? six foot seven foot eight foot huh um oh my god um why, why is this why like all of a sudden I don't know either the OG the OSG <laughs> hold on uh, oh my god it's on the tip of my tongue everybody's screaming it at me r- right now i know because i wish i could hear you guys because i'm clue and less oh come my here. god hold on come here alicia silverstone oh my god child i don't know they like just... come and me oh harry belafonte more... harry belafonte it is harry <laughs> belafonte child you see this is why i was yes. ha- i was having the extreme brain fart so so Al Jarreau led because remember Harry Belafonte was the OG of talking about oh, activism yeah. and mm-hmm. and so forth. Al Jarreau led uh, just an impromptu sing along of oh, yeah. yeah 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 and everybody joined in and made him cry. Oh, it was good and it was it incredible. Was really but then right after that, so they're all like freestyling lines and for the song too. And Stevie's ass says, I forget how he, he sang it was to the melody of the song, but Stevie's ass essentially said, <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you a choice of giving getting driven home by me or Ray Charles. <laughs> and when I tell you, that's Everyone was like, Oh, my God, Stevie. They hollered in laughter okay oh, good and times. then at one point they were talking about stevie took ray charles to the back ray, ray was like where's the bathroom stevie said i'll show you where it is and they <laughs> walked out the room they said oh lord the blind is leading the blind <laughs> we are listen we loved it y'all should go watch it you I got to watch it even with what we told you we haven't spoiled everything there are lots of nuggets oh, and spoiler beautiful <laughs> beautiful shady moments oh Okay, there's so much shade. Mikael Jackson, (laughs) Virgo King, okay? (laughs) 
king I of actually faces. Stand. <laughs> I stand. And I really feel like it's our trait because I will never, my mother, all, you, my, your, the three main words I would hear from my mother out, outside fix of your, your mouth, Jade, your mouth. Fix your face, Jade. Fix your Jade, face. Fix your face. Fix, fix your, your face. face. Fix your I face. I always your said that if I was to every... Your face is talking. Yes, same. And I always does. said if I would ever write a memoir, it would be called Takiya Fix Your Face. Oh, mine would be called Jade, please. <laughs> it totally would. And I would be in chapter five. Like, let me tell you. Jade, it's like, oh my God. Like, how many times a day in one conversation do I say, Jade, please? Jade, please. <laughs> That's that That's is so memoir. good. That's what I want on my headstone. Listen, Jay, Lord, please. give us give us the means <laughs> and the opportunities to write these books. The people need Jade, please. Please. Oh, I it is a memoir for your ass, okay? <laughs> oh, I can't start wait. Working on it now. I can't wait for the audiobook. <laughs> like, let me tell you about the night that I hung out with Arnes J. <laughs> True story. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm gonna have one in my book talking about. Let me tell you about the night Lawrence Fishburne tried to bag me. <laughs> it's a, it's a, that's gonna be a dual feature on both <laughs> albums because <laughs> it'd be like Child Morpheus tried to bag me. He did, and this thing is over here because let me tell you something. Lawrence Fishburne used to be up in the club, musty, like not like a, <laughs> not like a, like. He's dirty, but like the nigga just was like deodorant, please. I'm above that. <laughs> so I am, Lord, I am Morpheus. So he went, Jade, please uh, open this bottle of wine. Would you infuriate me? I finally, I was like, you've got to start tipping me, nigga. If you gonna bring your own shit here, you've <laughs> he got to start bringing me a tip. And tells so me to open it. Hiccup kill one night, and he was like, your friend down there. I said, yep, yeah, the doctor. Yes. <laughs> he was like, she reminds me. Of a girl I used to date in college. And I was like, well, it's definitely not her because you're no. 70. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, Jay baby, go sit down at the other end of the bar. She was like, come on, let, let Lawrence Fishburne buy you a drink. <laughs> I was like, okay. Deadass, I'm playing telephone between Lawrence Fishburne and Kia. I walk over here. Do, do, do. Sister, I don't know how to say this to you, but Lawrence Fishburne wants you to come sit by him. She was like, what? Morpheus? I was like, Larry. <laughs> Yo, true story. And true. I sat down next to this nigga and he started, he, his, his opening line was, I went to school with a girl years ago and she must be your mother. And I was like, <laughs> I can tell you that she's not. <laughs> I, can, I can assure you that this woman is not my mother. No. It's just not possible. Like, <laughs> oh my god! It was telling me all about this other this other woman from you know 1978 that he just was so enamored with, smitten by. And I literally said three words the whole night, like, "Oh my god!" Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> right next to Lawrence Fishburne, oh, wow. talk his ear off. Crazy. Oh my god! Wow! <laughs> Crazy! Fascinating! Really? So it was a the, wild time, or the time that me and Dennis Quaid, 
you know, you know, he's on the wrong side of politics. But I randomly ended up with him in a Starbucks in like 2004, right? <laughs> <laughs> Having a conversation. We saw an accident outside, and maybe it was 05, 06, maybe it was six or something like that. We're we're watching an accident. And we're like, and so he turns, so this white man starts talking to me. Oh my God, that's really bad. I hope nobody was hurt by that. I was like, yeah, I hope nobody was hurt. That's, that's a pileup. We're looking at the deal. We're like, God, you see that? And we're chatting, chatting. I look and I was like, oh, you the nigga from, you the nigga from, the Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. I'm writing my memoir. I have literally a list, sister, of random I love this. stories. And it's nothing that would incriminate anybody or make them. It's nothing that would incriminate or, you know, make nobody. Yeah, like, no. We, we, that girl can't be around. No Tiffany Haddish. But like. No. no. None of that. <laughs> no, but, but there are definitely sorry. stories. I, I would definitely have to tell the story of when Fabulous invited me to the strip club. And Latoya <laughs> said no. Latoya was like, Absolutely not. No, no, we are not going. We are not going. We See, are no. I'm glad. No, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm, I, because he's troubled. I wasn't even going. Like, I, the dude asked me, and I literally opened my mouth to say, I don't know. <laughs> and Latoya was like, no, no. So Latoya is. You know what? Okay, this will be an episode. One day oh we're gonna t- we'll do we'll do a, a episode story on time encounters, um, and I love yeah. It. Let's do we'll it. do that. That will be a good time. Or maybe you all will have to wait for Jade, please. And what was yours called again, sis? Mine was called Kia. Fix your face. Kia, fix your face. <laughs> fix your a, face. A dual set. It's kind of like uh, an like anthology below in speaker box. Uh, situation and Fred and Fran should do one. What would Fran's memoir book be? Title be? Hey, oh, beautiful um, ones. Ho- the holistic hood rat. Uh or hey, she beautiful got ones. Hey, beautiful ones. Hey, Tales beautiful of ones. a holistic hood rat. <laughs> of- oh, she got a semicolon. Serious yeah. business. Tales of a holistic hood rat. <laughs> if you wrote a memoir, what would the title of your memoir be? I want to hear because I know. You know, the the internet is so good at these things. Y'all, yes. you thrive. Y'all and are witty. We wanna, Y'all I, are funny. I love it. I mean, look at your Twitter name. Yeah, keep You're me just laughing. genius people. Uh, so I want to know, if, you're, if you were to write a memoir, what would be the title? I really need to get started on this. I'm going to tell XZ to, to make this a clip for social because I want us, I want the people to answer. Yeah. Yeah, I like this. I like this. Let's yes. do it. It doesn't have to All be, right. a, it could be a clip. But yeah, we have conversation and whatnot to get into. So in the meantime, in between time, make sure you all are checking out the Patreon. Right now we did a pre-show uh, about the Grammys that you all can go check out from a few days ago. Where True. Key and I gave all our thoughts, all of our ins mm-hmm. and outs mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the girlies who were down to the Grammy show. From Duolingo to Blue <laughs> Ivy Carter to... <laughs> To Billie Eilish's Abraham Lincoln looking daddy. Uh, (laughs) It was a time. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. And, you know, it's always still free Gaza, free Palestine and uh, ceasefire over here. And with that being said, we're going to move over into this kitchen table talk. So we'll see you all in a moment. A moment. A moment. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, 
Jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts and not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, As I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, we're going to be talking about, as we continue to think about love in this season, this Mm -hmm. commercial holiday season, where mm-hmm. the, in- the emphasis tends to be on romantic love, we thought we would expand the conversation of love um, and more specifically, mm. like how we actually practice love. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that I'm learning to do that is, you know, really thinking about what makes me feel loved, care, and so, like, you know, the intentionality of someone really being interested in understanding me and supporting mm-hmm. me, those are the kinds of things that come to mind. And so mm-hmm. as we sort of think about what that looks like for ourselves, you know, there's also room there to think more intentionally about how we can cultivate those self-care practices mm-hmm. to foster that feeling of love for ourselves, in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yes, especially as we're holding, we're holding a lot, right? Yeah. So there's this... Um, collective exhaustion that I know I feel, I know you feel, I know when I talk to a multitude of my loved ones that they feel, and it's like, no matter what routines people have or, or whatever they're doing, they still feel exhausted. Yeah. Um, And I think a lot of that comes from, the overload of information that mm-hmm. we receive, um, the way that we receive information, it flies. It just flies at us and it's constantly with us. We're still dealing with effects from the pandemic. Um, we're still 
technically in a pandemic. I technically. Think. Uh, um, <laughs> but we're still dealing with the effects from that. And with that, you know, sometimes we get exhausted, but love is a constant, even when we're feeling other things. Yeah. And I, so I'm reading um, a book, a book by Dr. Anita Phillips. It's called The Garden mm-hmm. Within. And um, she's presenting sort of a, a framework for sort of reframing how we think about emotions. And she spends a lot of time um, sort of setting up the understanding or the presentation of this framework by really contextualizing um, mm. how the United States or how we're all socially conditioned to think about emotion. Mm-hmm. So we're socialized to, to suppress emotion or that displaying emotion or overwhelm or sadness in response mm-hmm. to sort of what you're experiencing is deemed a sign of weakness um, mm-hmm. or vulnerability sort of being a, a sign of weakness. And so the emotional intelligence that we sort of need to process all of this information and overload and sensory mm-hmm. overload and just the flood of bl- bad news, that also mm-hmm. contributes to um, the heaviness and the overwhelm. Mm-hmm. And so given those things, we thought it would be cool to talk about ways that we can start to acknowledge and mm-hmm. support ourselves through mm-hmm. this overwhelm as sort of a mm-hmm. practice of self-love. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, yep. how can we start to learn to hold space to process all of the things that are going on around us mm-hmm. and inside of us? Um, you know, how do we sort of manage that overwhelm? Well, let me ask you a question. Sure. <clears throat> How do you manage? Because you speak to us really transparently about some of your challenges and things that you are working through mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and ways that you're shift working to shift mentality, yeah. um, especially as it pertains to yourself. So how do you manage all of those complex emotions and and responsibilities while coping with the state of the world? How do you manage your self-love in that way with the world being the way that it is? Therapy has been really sort of helpful because it's given Mm -hmm. me language and tools to sort of think about this and Mm -hmm. experience this and process and live through it in a more productive way. Mm -hmm. And so... I think the only other thing that I would add to that is that, you know, through therapy, I'm learning that acknowledging all of my feelings mm-hmm. is not is not a sign of weakness. It's not only not like a sign of weakness, it is uh it's critical. Like mm-hmm. it would be a failure. It would be a disservice to myself to not mm-hmm acknowledge you know it it is a failure to acknowledge my full full humanity and lean into and learn from the seasons of life as opposed to just sort of acting like I'm unaffected or trying to repress my emotional response so Mm -hmm. developing practices where I have outlet and I'm able to express my feelings whatever they are Mm -hmm. 
and holding space and time for that instead of just acting like I'm not bothered or I'm over something. I'm I'm a person who has lost a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I am reconciling with the fact that there will always be parts of me that are sad. Mm -hmm. That's not something that I need to try to change, but it is something that I need to build a life that accommodates for that Mm -hmm. as opposed Mm -hmm. to tries to act like that's not a part of who I am. It's a very big part of who I am now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to learn to manage better or well, because better Mm -hmm. is relative. I'm trying to learn how to manage those Mm -hmm. complex emotions by first acknowledging that I'm allowed to have complex emotions. That's it. (laughs) And coping with the state of the world is particularly hard. And it's okay for me to say that out loud. Listen, because if we're talking about love, and I know we're talking about self-love, but also, you know, obviously there's a lack of love within humanity. And it's been apparent with, you know, with certain people. It's not with everybody, obviously, but, you know, it's been around, but it's so apparent right now. Mm -hmm. It's so apparent and it's so apparent with people's thoughts and compassion and opinions and just kind of seeing where their head lies and I've been grappling with trying to be a little easy with myself while also still feeling guilty Mm. for the things that are happening in Gaza not happening here and I'm not saying I'm calling it over here I think one reason I'm so invested is because it's wrong from Mm -hmm. a human standpoint and i feel like i feel hopeless a lot of times right our Mm -hmm. government does not give a lot of hope powerless too yeah and and the people and listening to people's justifications and for such an ignorance for such for such a wicked uh such a wicked um thing i don't even know what to call it it's a genocide, but it, for such a wicked, giant thing uh, to see people justifying that is really disheartening. And one way that I try to show love to others, you know, it's not a performance on social media or what have you. It is just an acknowledgement that nobody should be dealing with the conditions that they're dealing with. But then I also battle with... uh you know, when moments of joy or eating or, you know, basic human necessities even come, I'm like, they don't get to enjoy that. And mm-hmm. it's like, you don't, it doesn't mean you don't get to not enjoy it. You can have all of those feelings at the same time. Hmm. You can know that this should not be happening to people, but you you know that you are not the cause of why this is happening to people. Um And I think my way of displaying love right now in this is just trying to make sure that they don't feel forgotten. Um, Mm. Because I don't know what else to do with something that's so awful. Mm. And that's the one small way that I, I feel like I try to show my love. And then I try to show the love to myself. Um, and not being too hard because again we're we're not the cause of this. No. Uh but it it's a hard thing to grapple with. 
I don't even know if that was a clear thought. No, it was. I, I feel like I, fo <laughs> I followed. I followed uh, what you're saying because I. It made me think of compartmentalization as a coping mm. mechanism, right? Mm -hmm. That we're all sort of, you know, sometimes it feels like the body's way of sort of processing trauma mm -hmm. is just sort of keeping things separate and, you know, avoiding conflict or, you know, some forms of challenge, um, mm -hmm. separating things uh, and people and situations. So, it's sort of been situated as a defense mechanism that's, you know, uh, not always helpful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I sometimes I wonder, like to your point, right, in, in that sort of duality of recognizing that a thing is hard and difficult um, and sort of feeling one way about it, but also all holding mm -hmm. space for being gracious to yourself because this is not your fault or responsibility. It's just a sad mm -hmm. thing. Uh, so like, yeah. you know, holding those truths separately, but sort of mm -hmm. in a constant, like, you know, helps us to, I think that's a part of processing. I don't know. I think it is. sometimes compartmentalization gets a bad rap, but it, it doesn't always have to be, uh, super negative and I mean no. I'm not I'm not a I mean I have a degree in psychology but you know there are people who know a lot more about this than, than me so <laughs> I, I could just be I think it's a good conversation to dive into like with I hope I'm not saying something problematic and wrong no I don't think I well I per, uh, you know you know if you, you have <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm the wrong one to ask about that is it healthy um, yeah like but I do I think that I think part of self-love is 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 uh acknowledging mm. that that sometimes we do have to compartmentalize in order to try to get along um and we can hold a multitude of those emotions and feelings we can hold all of those things while still trying to give some grace to ourselves and that's how it's harder for me to grapple with that right now. But um, but I know it to be true, mm. you know, because we're powerless right now. I mean, I don't I hate to say that, but we are, you know, I don't I don't even know where this conversation is going at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I've I, I feel, I've been feeling so crazy. Really? Yeah, I have. I have. If I. I have. I cannot get those people out of my mind. I think that's fair. And I think that there is a space that it's just human to sort of feel grief around this terrible thing that's happening. Oh, um, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. And it's it's hard to focus on self-love when um, I think it feels so crazy because it feels possible. Right. It feels possible that it could happen here to see people living mm. their lives and enjoying themselves and just being humans and loving their families and enjoying their homes and building their businesses and getting their braces tightened and whatever else. And right. then everything is gone. I, I mean, mean to the, the the hatefulness of it. Is makes it hard mm -hmm. to focus on 
the love of self. I almost feel guilty sometimes now. Well, sister, I think, you know, that is a, I think that's honest and I'm not disagreeing with you, but it also makes me just sort of, love exists in so many ways. I don't want us it to does. sort of get uh, too focused on just sort of self-love in terms of like this, it being this indulgent no, uh, no, 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 gift, no, I know. you know, gift centric thing. When, when I hear you, it makes me want to comfort that part of your heart mm-hmm. because it's a real place. You, you have to care for yourself. Um, and not just, you do not just in terms of like, let me go buy myself something nice or mm-hmm. let me just, you know, get my toes done or, you know, let me, you know, t- sleep a little longer than I usually mm-hmm. do. Um, because, you know, as a reward for good behavior, you do those things because those are the things that nurture your soul while it's being mm-hmm. broken actively. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. No, you're right. I don't want you to feel ashamed or like, you know, you're being ungrateful or indulgent for wanting to care for yourself during this time because if you don't care for yourself during this time you cannot care for the people Mm -hmm. that you love during this time and it's so critical to do that because of what you said because Mm -hmm. of the truth the scary truth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that it could happen here Mm-hmm. And so we need to be making sure that we are in a place where we are ready to manage all of these complex things. Yes. And that is the kind of love. And I'm my bad if I took us a long way around the road. Sister, to sort I took of get us here. all over the place. You started off with self-love and I No, went because into- <laughs> I, I I feel like we were getting we're finally getting to the place where I want us to be. I'm sorry that it's mm-hmm. like 20 minutes into the conversation. <laughs> but but I I feel like we're exactly where we need to be right now because mm-hmm. it's like we are at a place and culturally where we are we have access to information in nanoseconds. Yeah. And so it's not going to, like, it's it's going to keep getting, we're going to continue to be inundated with information. Given that, uh, what are some of the ways that we can make sure that we are equipped to move forward mm-hmm. as we continue to learn more about all of the terrible, wicked things <laughs> Of the world and all of the things oh. that give us joy and dis-ease and, and uh, you know, scare us to death or inspire mm-hmm. us. Like all of these multiple conflicting, coexisting things are only, mm-hmm. they're a fact of life. So how they do are. we make, how do we set ourselves up to take care? Like if you're going to love on yourself for Valentine's Day, not just like, oh, I'm going to get you some candy. But like, I know that this is going to be something that's going to give you fill your heart with joy and love and light mm-hmm. and make you feel better on the days where this shit is, is just the worst. <laughs> how do we manage that? What are the ways that we can start to think about how to cope and take care of ourselves in, in the complexity? 
I think grounding is, you know, ground intentional grounding mm-hmm. is important. You know, keeping things in perspective. Um, I have these feelings, and I wanted to be honest about these feelings. But also, when I sit and I ground, like I said, okay, the facts are this. This mm-hmm. is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it is an awful, horrible, terrible thing that should not be happening. Um I did not create this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I live under a government that is atrocious <laughs> and contributes to this awful thing. Okay, so all I can do right now is control the things that I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that is amplifying and making sure that the people who are begging to not be forgotten and are being wiped out are not forgotten. Mm. And doing that in the best way that I know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, it also allows me to appreciate um, and show gratitude for the just the, the, the minor, the minor joys and the minor necessities of life, um, you know, even more so. Even if I'm like, oh, I'm in this apartment and it's not enough space and it's blah, blah, blah. There are people who lost their whole, whole homes and they are now in tents. Gratitude. There are people who have lost their whole families mm-hmm. and they are the only one left. And then there are people who have lost their whole lives. Mm-hmm. And so part of that, it helps me with my gratitude. Mm-hmm. It helps me with my appreciation mm-hmm. when I can sit and I can ground and think about things from a logical standpoint. Right. I, I agree. And I would I would add to your point around being you know, focusing on the facts. Mm-hmm. Um it's thinking like, you know, in that sort of perspective, like gaining perspective that gives you perspective about a thing and helps you to situate it in a place where you can use it. And so to that point of perspective, like I'm working on really developing that practice of vetting information, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. believing everything yeah. that I hear. You, that's important. You know, really being clear about what I know and using that to sort of, as, as a filter for all the information that I hear. Mm-hmm. And that sort of keeps me out of a place of panic um, and into a, a more, a place of perspective where I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, you know, w- what do we feel? What do we know? Um, you know, how do we come to really process what we hear as opposed mm-hmm. to just sort of hearing and reacting to things, mm-hmm. reacting to mm-hmm. things that uh, has been something that's been helpful to me. And I was at like being intentional about learning and doing the things that just bring me unadulterated joy. Mm -hmm. Um, whatever that means. So if it's like, I really like to read. And so I'm going to be, be more intentional. Like I said, about like carving out time to read like non-work related things, Um, Mm -hmm. self-help fiction, uh, gossip, trash, if I won't, but like, you know, just Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. reading because I enjoy reading. Mm -hmm. Um, Also being more intentional about like spending time with, with people that I love. 
Um, was talking to a friend earlier about just how this weekend felt good to my soul. It was like mm -hmm. good for my heart to be able to just love. hang out with people who know me, people who I don't have. Mm -hmm. I, I can be all, all faces of Kia, <laughs> all of the mm -hmm. phases and, you know, whatever the moment, you know, brings, like, I don't have to worry about anything. Um, and that, you know, that felt very light and mm -hmm. it was a good contrast from, you know, days when I'm sitting in a room with people who I don't know and don't know me and my guards are up and all of that, mm -hmm. you know, muck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are the things that help, you know, help to make the hard days a little easier? Um, and, you know, I also feel like just my personality is, you know, I know I like nice things. Mm-hmm. And so there is a part of me that is getting more comfortable and letting myself have nice things mm -hmm. if I can have them. For so long, I was so wrapped up in sort of being responsible and doing the right things and just questioning, feeling whether it was worthy of certain things. Mm -hmm. Just thinking and thinking myself to death about you know, whether or not I should buy the bag that I like or whether or not I should get this bracelet for myself. And what did I, I mean, do I really blah, blah, blah. Now I'm just mm -hmm. like, I like this bracelet. I can afford it. I'm going to buy it. Like mm -hmm. working through that stuff out loud is also something mm -hmm. that. That's a, that's an act of self-love. Because that, 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 that emotion of, of, of not deserving is a lot more common than, than we realize it is. That works. So many. Especially with black people. And black women. A little black it's girls. Black, especially, have, especially with black who women. Who have been conditioned to believe that every time I get something nice, it's because I've earned it in some way. Yep. And so yep. I would be constantly struggling. Like, you know, do I need them Jordans? Mm -hmm. What did I do to, mm -hmm. to earn them Jordans this week? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I ain't really, you know, I, like it's got to be a special occasion for me to have something. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, I've gone off the rails and I'm just financially irresponsible. <laughs> but, but, you know, no, but you're Jay will tell accepting. you. Yeah, Jay will tell you that I am, I am allowing myself yes. to, you know, I lived like a grad student for like 10 years because I was Did. a grad student for 10 years. And Once. so I had to reframe how I think about money because mm -hmm. I was conditioning myself to sort of in that space of where you have to earn everything in order to have everything mm -hmm. and always wondering if I deserved it. And now I am like in the Kia, you got a job phase of life. You got a job. That's you work it. hard. You, you, can, you can afford that, girl. So it's that reframing. <laughs> Um, and 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 all, and we can and we deserve to also yeah. acknowledge these beautiful aspects of our lives um and be grateful for these aspects of our lives and these shifts in our lives amidst the burning world all of the all of those complex emotions can exist at the same time and that, it's okay and i think also because listen that like you said filtering the information that you receive making sure that you're you know fact checking and cross referencing and but but aside from that the the information that we receive for instance it's important to me 
to see the videos. I know that it's mm. uncomfortable, but it's important to see these videos of of people dying, you know, because it 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 ignites love is love is so complicated that it means so many things. Love can empower us, love can comfort us, love can enrage us in a way where it motivates us um mm. in a certain way like it is a it is a powerful beautiful complex emotion um and i was i was my point was going all over the place there uh no i'm following where was you I going? keep talking where was i going where was i going where was i going <laughs> um oh, oh lord where was i going <laughs> yes oh but the information that we are also taking in while it's important i think to to acknowledge the horrific things that are happening, there is also information about the resilience and the joy, mm-hmm. um, specifically of the people of Gaza, but ac- across the board, Tigray, Sudan, Congo, all over, oppressed people all over the world, there is still an element of joy and resilience. Mm. And that also fills me with love. That also fills me with with some joy because... No matter what happens around them, there's, they still find ways to show gratitude and to take in joy. And to, whether that be through dancing or a piece of bread or what have you, yeah. it still exists. And I think it's important to consume all of that. And it keeps us human and it keeps us loving yeah. when, we, when we're able to acknowledge all the sides of, of humanity. And it makes me think, like, you know, as you were describing that, it was like, isn't that what black people have been doing? Hello. All Why our... do you think we're probably the most compassionate in all of this? Because we, we just, know. We have found a way yeah. to continue to move through all of this um, and find ways to sort of still find joy and light and laughter and flavor. Yep. Hello. Uh, Hello. Okay. <laughs> About in so many aspects. So many Less aspects, right? Because it's just... like y'all gave us the chicken bags and we made that taste good. Y'all so mad. Thank you. <laughs> so mad. Y'all, y'all, y'all didn't want oxtails. Okay. We took oxtail and made it fantastic. And now all of a sudden y'all hiked it up to $45 a pound. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, y'all didn't want kale because it was tough Hel- and bitter. Hello, hello. Then all of a sudden, it's a superfood. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you got food, and then there's superfood. So, I yeah, yeah. We 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 are full of love. We are full of love, and our love lives in our resilience, and our love lives. We we're in our in our in our power. It's it's a it's just, it's our power. I yes. think it's our superpower, and why we're able to love so hard, because yes. we have been an oppressed people, and like I said, it keeps us human. When we can check into all of those emotions, mm. it keeps us human. And as a world that is evolving into robots. Hmm. And Tony Bennett's literal bots, literal bots, singing alongside Stevie Wonder, and you know AI Meryl Streep, you know, getting ready to <laughs> act in a movie in fifteen years. I don't know, <laughs> like 
We've got to find all the ways to keep ourselves human. And I think love is the biggest way to do that. And I think uh, acknowledging the complexity of love is what allows us to do that. Listen. You have to love yourself in sickness and in health as as too. Them is not just the vows for somebody else. Okay. okay. No, it's for yourself as well. Sickness and health for you too, girl. So <laughs> don't be out here making yourself sick with all the troubles of the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, do things to prevent that and uh, heal the that in yourself. Like we have that responsibility to cultivate that. And I know that we might have, I don't know, sis. I know we felt like we was sort of on <laughs> rocky roads throughout this uh, conversation. Yeah. I was like, woo. This no, but I this. really kind of feel like, I feel like it worked out. I feel like, I, I mean, feel like, I feel like we made good sense here tonight. I I think so. I understood what you were saying. And I Did understood you what, what you were saying. saying. But okay, I mean, this well. is. This is, we had, I mean, listen, we're talking about complex emotions and how the hell we survive them in ways that acknowledge our humanity. And if that is not a roller coaster ride, what is? Hello. (laughs) Life is a roller coaster. You know, what what is it that I hate that people always put in their captions and oh, in this thing called life? I Show. can't stand it. <laughs> I think I like this little life found on Instagram. <laughs> Who made that song? I don't know. Who made it? Because I want them to take it out back <laughs> and shoot it. <laughs> I hate that sound bite. Whoa. <laughs> Listen. And I know it came from an actual song. There's no way somebody just recorded that little snippet just to work my nerves. Listen. I don't know. If if it didn't make sense, I'm sorry. But I, I feel like I'm walking away from this conversation. I I feel like we landed in the right place. No. I do. I do. I think we're we're like Kia said, we talked about complex emotions. Um and I want you all to think about love as a complex emotion. You think about love uh in a complex emotion when it pertains to loss. Yeah. Uh you think about it as it pertains to romance as it pertains to friendship. Think about all those things. None of those are streamlined things. Nobody loses somebody and everybody grieves the same way. Nobody uh, marries or, or goes in unionship with somebody and, it, and everything looks the same way. Your friendships don't just coast along. Like There are things that come up, but love is the, is the constant. And yeah, and, and life it's is the hard. Constant. And, and life is hard, and we we are we get tired, and yeah. it's okay. Um, and I think that's what's the basis of this kitchen table. <laughs> what we are tired, <laughs> we are tired, <laughs> and all those things can exist at once. <laughs> and that's all right. <laughs> well, with that being said, <laughs> shall we head over to our honesty box? Yeah, let's do it. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Two guys drove to work. 
Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Honestly? Truly. This is not the first honesty box of the year, but one of the first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Welcome to the honesty box portion of the show. Um, I do want to give a disclaimer that this one is a bit of a heavier one. Okay. Um, so, and I could be a trigger warning for some. It's not sexual, though. Uh, so let's get into it. Oh, please, give her a pseudonym. Um... Um, Laura Winslow. <laughs> Laura Winslow. Mm -hmm. Laura writes, hey, Dr. Kia and Chef Jade, I really hope that you're both doing amazing and I really appreciate the work that you both put into this. I've been listening since 2019 and have been hooked ever since. Oh, you are rocking with us. Hey, Laura. Just to give you a heads up, this will be a trigger warning. Okay. So I have officially hit my 30s and I don't know what journey I'm on, but I definitely need help navigating it. Back in 2023, I had a mental health breakdown and was put on a 72 hour hold. I called one of my sisters who's a licensed therapist and got support and advice. And she offered to fly me back to my hometown to live with her and take care of me while I'm taking care of myself. <clears throat> I was hesitant because the last time I lived with her, we stopped talking for almost four years. After talking to our middle sister, she convinced me to think of this as a mental health reset. I was still hesitant because of our past, so after multiple conversations, I finally packed up my Dallas apartment and moved. Since insurance took a while, I started looking for jobs and planning to get back on my feet, but was told multiple times to relax and not to move so fast. But I noticed that my older sister emotionally couldn't handle the type of help that I was needing. There were multiple times that I'd laid on her couch, high, and watching Grey's Anatomy, and she'd walk past without even asking how I was doing. I asked her for resources and referrals to therapists who take my insurance. She claimed that she didn't have any. A month later, she slipped up in a casual conversation and told me most of her therapist friends take my insurance and most have openings, but didn't bother to give me a name, although I was mentally back on my way to an inpatient center. My birthday comes around, and having spending my birthday alone for almost six years, I told my, both my sisters that this birthday is important to me, and I wanted to spend time with them. The older sister canceled to spend time with their son, and the middle one wanted to cook a damn turkey. And later I found out that they had lunch the morning of my birthday and didn't even think to invite me, so I just blew up my own candles in a house while everyone was on their phones and playing the game. For six months, it felt like I was in there just to be on safety watch, and both also only wanted me here just to stroke their own ego. Both also ensured me that it was in my head. But now that I moved out, I'm finding out that I was gaslit the whole entire time. I wasn't going crazy like they made me believe. My older sister actually really hated me living with her. and felt like I only called her when I'm in crisis. And the day I moved out, she told me to never call or ask her for anything ever again. I told her months before that that I didn't want to burden her. Um or her life and she told me that I have an anxiety personality and she's fine with me being there and I really wanted and really wanted me to take care of myself after being upset that the middle sister choosing to cook a turkey on my birthday I found out through our sister that she 
was broke, confronted her about it. She cussed me out and told me that the money wasn't an issue. I found out yesterday that it was an issue and she was embarrassed. I was pissed all over again. Since being on my own, no one has called to see my house, congratulated me or anything. I'm starting to feel that they love me more when I'm in crisis and in need. I already don't want to be in my hometown and I'm giving up my apartment and moving back to Texas. But before I go, I'm easy to cut and disappear from people when they interrupt my peace. But if I cut them off, then I wouldn't have my any family. Do you think our relationship could be salvaged or should I cut them off and create my own circle? That's from Laura Winslow. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry, Laura. Yeah. um, That you're dealing with so much. Um, And honestly, sort of given how much, like, I don't even know that I feel like... Equipped. Equipped or qualified to tell you what to do in this situation because, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely want you to do what, what is best for you, for you and what you feel, um, Mm -hmm. you know, what will feel will keep you safe. Uh, But there's just so much here, right. Yeah. That I don't, you know, I, I like, hope that. Yeah, yeah, I I understand. I feel like um, the main thing I want you to do more than anything is to prioritize your mental health, um, especially if it's a challenge uh, and you're dealing with a lot. Um, And so, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be an an, an all or nothing situation. Um, A lot of times our families, and I know you mentioned one of your sisters is a therapist, so she's got some tools. But a lot of times our nurture takes over and we're not equipped always um with the full proper tool bag you know to support our loved ones Mm. the way that they need and that's not an excuse for your sisters uh but it's just something to keep in perspective that you know they clearly love you they clear you're clearly important to them to a point where they want you to be safe um, but sometimes those tools are lost and, and humanity. Uh, and I agree with Kia. I don't feel fully equipped to, because you're, because you, you deal with so many very heavy things. Um, but I would, I would, I would challenge you to not necessarily look at it as an all or nothing. Should I cut them off or should I do this? Um, If it's harmful, listen, if things are harmful, harmful, harmful to to you, then I absolutely believe in removing them from your life. But sometimes we have to put things in perspective and see whether they're harmful or maybe they're not the most helpful. 
Um, and something that's not necessarily the most helpful is not always harmful, but it needs to be, you know, sometimes things have to be addressed and, and handled in a certain way. I'm rambling. Anyway, I say all that to say, I hope that um, while you are taking care of yourself, that you have some support, uh, especially like a therapist or somebody along those lines who can help you while you're dealing with this journey and know that Kia and I have yeah. a lot of love for you. We're grateful for, for you st sticking with us and we're sorry we don't have a uh, uh, more concise response for you. Um, I think we want to be responsible. Yeah. Be because of because of your challenges, because we love you and, and you yeah, are we, important. We want to respect uh, how complex these yes. experiences are, and um, you know, encourage you to find the resources. I, you know, yeah. you talked about, you know, the challenges that you've had around finding a therapist and your sister not really showing up for you in that way. Um, but, you know, I hope that there are, you know, if you can find the sort of strength or capacity to, you know, try again uh, and utilize the resources that are available through, you know, therapy for black girls and other sort of black girl therapist referral um, accounts and websites and professionals yeah. that can help connect you to um, some service, either calling your insurance and asking them um, yeah. to send you some people or point you in the direction of their online directory. Um, mm -hmm. Because I really think, you know, having some tools and language and some support and place to process all of this is going to be super helpful. Um, Absolutely. But yeah. Yeah. And maybe there's somebody uh, professionally too who can help to uh, mediate. Yeah. Some of this, some of this. Um, so you don't have to do it all by yourself. Communication. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of times a mediator helps with clarity mm -hmm. because both sides can feel misunderstood um, and can get different perspectives when they have a neutral, a neutral person there who's helped to kind of navigate that conversation and that communication. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we hope you, you can find those resources. Uh, and if there's anything we can do to help, um, in that way, you know, we're here for that. That's what getting grown is. That's the community that we are. Um, but we don't want to be irresponsible. Mm -hmm with the complexities that you are facing and, and dealing with. Um, and, you know, like I said, our door is always, our proverbial door is open. So please feel free to respond, to hit us back. Um, but I hope that was helpful in some way, Laura Winslow. Oh, so too, and girl. Truly. We love you. If anything, if, yeah. if, if nothing else, we 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 got a lot of love for you. With that being said, you all can continue to send your honesty box questions to getting grown podcast at gmail.com and send some extra love for Laura. Yeah. 
tonight, today, whenever you're whenever you're listening, just send her some energetic extra love. And we're going to move along to our self-care and start to wrap out this show. I deserve a I kind of mentioned mine already and uh, mentioned the kitchen, ta- mentioned my self-care in the kitchen table segment. And, uh, you know, upon further review, you know, Jade and I realized that we had the same self-care this week. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Because and we were fed and full we enjoy by our company. Sister time with our sisters and mm-hmm. got to just do mindless nothing, nothing with each other. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and just you know, eat and watch television time. and mm-hmm. laugh and talk and just enjoy each other. Um, yes, and it was everything that my soul needed. January tends to feel like it's three years long for me. Every year, January yeah. is just oh, oh, a whole. It's entirely too long of a month. It is. And so January came in with lots of things. And I felt like this weekend was a good reset at the start of Black History Month to get Black me History. moving in a better a better direction. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then, you know, it was just recovery and a little, you know, let me get a little um filler filler up, fill up my gas station so that I can see what February got. <laughs> yes. Was a filler up. And um and yeah, you know, I'm just trying to prepare myself for the spring equinox. <laughs> so my self care is that again, my my new year. So yes. <laughs> that is I was full, I was fed, I was satisfied by my weekend with my sisters. And uh and y'all know that's always gonna be our self care anytime we come back from being with we, with each other. So Yes, and we also got to buckle, see XD buckle. and Asante. Yes! <laughs> And Franiqua, we got to hang out with, you know, we had some special guests. So it was a good, good time. We did. Naja. Naja. Oh, it was just like a little reunion. A family reunion. A family reunion. Yes. So, all right. Well, let's get to the petty. Let's get to the petty thing. Let's get to the petty. <laughs> All right. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because <laughs> yeah, the charcoal mess. Great. Because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh. Why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello. Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. 
And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey, 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 honey. All right, y'all. You know we got to round this out strong with a good petty peeve. And mine is particularly petty oh. this week. Oh, yeah. So, you know, as you're listening to this last week was the Grammys. Mm-hmm. The fuck is on my face. Oh. And, um, <laughs> sorry. Um, and as last week was the Grammys. And, you know, I love to see the variation of outfits. You know, I'm never, I'm never stressed by a little fashion stretch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, Uh-oh. nor am I, you know, uncomfortable with skin. Right. But I was extremely pissed off. Oh, my God. I think I know what you're going to say. With the fact that Lenny Kravitz's shirt had a collar <laughs> No, that's sleeves. not what I thought you were going to say. And we had full vantage point of his nipples. During the memorial. <laughs> <laughs> During the memorial. <laughs> it's like, wow. Lenny's titties is on the screen while we are but talking about the loss. It just really pissed. I said, this nigga has a full <laughs> solid collar and sleeves. Long sleeves. And the nipple. But Cuff. the nipples. Cuff. The cuff and links. <laughs> A belt, but <laughs> like, I was wow. like, it was it, it needed to be a full meshy or like something. Like if you had a jacket, but it was it was a jacket. It was a shacket. A shacket. It was, <laughs> it because was a it had like a leather jacket. bib. It had a leather collar and collar sleeves with cufflinks. But it was but your nipples but was the out. nipples were still exposed. So. Pissed me smooth off, I tell you. I was wow. like, not a collar! <laughs> I was at first. <laughs> Pissed me smooth off. <laughs> Yo. That was petty as, as petty as it can fucking get. <laughs> what you got? <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is on the plane this morning. So it's always a very disgruntled. Mm. There's a very disgruntled, balding man who's about five foot six uh-oh who huh? who wants to like you know put the seat all the way back mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know so he can swing his feet yeah <laughs> i guess it's like it's, it's always like the same like you know slew footed <laughs> balding man <laughs> it's always it's, it's just a prototype of person uh, it's always the same man, George Costanza, <laughs> sitting sitting in the seat in front of me. And even in first class, especially on the smaller planes, like the plane coming, like with the the shuttle between DC and New York, it's a smaller oh, plane. Yeah. So like, even yes. if you sit in in first class, it's not a whole huge amount of space. So if no, someone, if the person before you puts their seat all the way back, and you know you set up like me, and you got real long legs, like. My knee is just in your back because I don't have nowhere else to put it. But, oh, I start playing. But with my it's knees. like it's like they try to for oh, they they instead of to me like it's just you watch them like jerking around because they're trying to like move move in a way that will make me move my knees, and I'm mm-hmm. like I don't have nowhere to move them, sir. <laughs> like this is just Not, where they I'm go. Going to. 
Um, but it's like he just literally jamming his body into the back of the seat. And I'm just like, my guy, this is the space that we have. Like, I'm not I'm not being an unreasonable person. I'm merely <laughs> sitting the body that I have into the I'm seat. Five, I'm 5'10 and you have it on my knees. And, and it's, I'm not it's almost like it's like I want to make chair. you move. And I'm like, I don't have a place to move. And so I like the way you know, he was uh he was like acting un- like he was having a tantrum. Like he at one point started like really jerking. And so I literally said out of my mouth, like, wow, this is childish. Like <laughs> this is childish. Did he do anything else? He was like, <gasps> like he just like, you know, started grunting and mumbling through his mask. And I said, and I was fully like, wait, like, well, speak up. Say it with your chest. Not, I, not you being publicly responsible yeah. and an asshole at the same like, time. Like, okay. <laughs> but no, he didn't. What a you dick. know, he just, um, he ran, he scurried off of the plane and uh, <laughs> uh, he like stopped he didn't see that I was behind him. He stopped. And so like he, I did not, <laughs> I did not do this intentionally, but he, he literally tripped over my carry on. <laughs> um, and I was just like, see if you would just calm down, you might be able to see, but you all huffed up. You all huffy and puffy. You still know what I want to ask. Like a child. You know what I want to ask? You know the answer. Okay. <laughs> and it's like, all right, George Costanza, uh, you go ahead and get what you need. I would have started calling him. That. <laughs> I was like, George Costanza is pissed. I would have just started screaming, Serenity now! Serenity now! Serenity now! <laughs> George Costanza was tight. And I was just like, George, listen. This is just, I'm not doing this on purpose. I'm just seated here. I don't know what you want me to say. If you would let your seat I, up, we wouldn't have this problem. But you I insist you to, upon laying down on this itty bitty plane. I want you to channel the, the trolling spirit of your good sister, Jade, the next time oh, you deal gosh. with somebody like that. Because you know, I wouldn't even fight you. I'm going to troll <laughs> the motherfuck out of somebody like that so i'm going to make Ugh. your life miserable for this 45 minutes if I'm you don't get like, yourself yo, together this man is whoa he is riled up because i called him childish. Did anybody else notice yeah the man sitting next to me was like he he gave me one of these like what's with this guy <laughs> what's up with this guy <laughs> <laughs> and i was just like i don't know and Who he was like pointing this? he was like pointing at my knees he was like I mean, <laughs> this is all the space we have. I, so he was like affirming what I was saying <laughs> through our mask. We were the oh, through our mask. He was like, "I know, isn't it nuts?" George Costanza eye, just eyeballs do the talking, right? <laughs> George Costanza is so funny. He just raw dogging the air and and huffing and puffing and blowing the, like okay. <laughs> this little tiny tie is having a fit. <laughs> <laughs> you are crunk for Christ, sir. Like, and relax you your puss, ma'am. <laughs> calm your naughty. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. Wow, this show is so childish. Because I wasn't it even is, a petty peep. No. I just made fun of George Costanza. But y'all know. 
Y'all know no, what that's I mean. great to that's great to my spirit. It's great to my spirit. Listen, I don't I don't make fun of short men just for the fact that they're short. I think that's corny, right? It is when they're short with a bad attitude. Because they're like, like mad at you. Ugly and nasty. They mad at you because you, like, you taller than them. It's like, sir, I did not. I did not because deal the short these kings cards. who embrace their shortness, and then they also embrace like they're the ones who be intentionally looking for a tall woman, and they're like, "No, I'm gonna love on her. I want her to wear her heels. I feel fine about where I'm at in life." They, I don't have no problem no. with them. It's them other ones that are the issue, and that's why I'm gonna continue to make swinging your feet jokes and shit like that, <laughs> because... even though you're five six and I'm five five. <laughs> No, but I think that's what the other man, like the uh, the other man, you know, it was just like, he wouldn't do that if it was a man sitting here. No, absolutely like not. Like you and is totally doing this because it's me and you feel like yep. I need to move to accommodate your comfort and I literally don't have any place to go. But this is where I get irritated too. Like the man who was sitting next to you, granted, no, it's not his fight. No, but he right? didn't like But at yeah. a certain point, when you observe that somebody is being absolutely the fuck ridiculous, and you know that the the person who they're being ridiculous to is not getting ready to be heard in the same way, speak the fuck up. Like stop being pussy. Speak the fuck up and say something about it because it's corny. It's corny to watch somebody be a tiny bully <laughs> and you don't say anything at all. Like, I just, I find that to be so whack. I find them to be almost just as whack as the people who are doing the shit because you know that you could say something. And then if, if I have an advocate here, then somebody might actually listen. If I, when somebody I see is in distress or they being bullied or whatever in public, I always make sure to, 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 to speak up for them too. If somebody come, well, they, yes, yeah, this person is being ridiculous to them. I remember when I was on my flight and a lady did the same thing, laid her shit all the way back. And I'm not even 5'10". Yeah. She laid her shit all the way back where it was literally on my lap. And I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even put my tray table yeah. down. And so I told the flight attendant and she's like, well, we can't do anything. And so the second time when she came back over because the lady tried to call her on me, how you going to call her on me? You on my lap. The nigga next to me spoke up and was like, hey. That lady is being ridiculous. Like, it is not her. She's being unreasonable. And she spoke to her with respect initially. And it was only then where they started to listen to see what was going on. Even right. when they had two Delta Asians exactly. waiting for me when I got off the fucking plane. Exactly. But I say all that to say, speak the fuck up when you see some shit that is not right. Oh, this world is broken. It's broken. <coughs> it's broken. And with that being said, thank you for listening to another episode of Getting Grown. <laughs> so grateful for no, your patronage. No, really. And, and thank you for allowing, you know, you know, I think we talk about all the time how this is a place where we process out loud all of the yeah. things that we are actively trying to figure out about this thing called adult ting, adulthood, mm. if you will. Mm. Uh, it's mm. still the worst hood. <laughs> but we are doing the best we can with what we got, Mariah said. <laughs> with what we got. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Drunk Mariah on that stage oh. is inevitably me. I, Good I to see her feeling herself again. <laughs> it, it, when I tell you the, the quiet sponsor of the night was Zimpy. And the it girls, was giving uh, the girls confidence. The girls, are, the girls got their <laughs> 1997 bodies back. <laughs> 
<laughs> what? They're like, excuse me. It's Ten like, things I hate about oh, you. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, bitch, hold the last 15 years. <laughs> Don't need it. Miss <laughs> Oprah, Miss Clarkson, Miss Carrie. Listen. Listen. The girls, they sponsored by Christina Zimpia. Aguilera's. <laughs> uh, 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 let me tell you something, okay? About to get dirty, mama. <laughs> like, <laughs> no shade, no shade. Okay, no, not at all. Get not your best all. lives, all of you, all of you. I'm still laugh. I'm a laugh. Well, but I it know is really you be on the zimpy. It's but really, I, <laughs> it's really. You're not going to, to the Zumba. You went to the zimpy, and that's okay. It's no shame. It's no shame. It's no shame. It's no shame in it. If I wasn't scared of the long-term effects because it's a diabetic medication, then, hell, I might try the Zimpy. Because it's clearly working for the children. It is. The girls are out here girling. But listen, all of you all look beautiful, however you are, and whatever bodies you're in, That's and you don't right. need the Zimpy. You know what I'm saying? And don't feel pressured if you don't to get it. the Zimpy because all the girls are doing right. the Zimpy. Okay? Don't. Don't don't feel pressure. Like that is the fear that I also. I'm like, I don't feel pressure to do this shit, just because it, these other people are doing this shit. But stretch <laughs> so that you can continue to lotion your feet. Yes, for the rest of your days. Critical and sis, important. Tell them what else to do. Also, while you're stretching, uh, you want to make sure that you are moisturizing your mind by worrying about yourself. Okay, by minding mm -hmm. your business. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you also yep. want to keep your insides moisturized by drinking just as much mm -hmm. water as your body can sustain, and it can probably sustain more than you think. Mm -hmm. uh, Make me sweat. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, she got. <laughs> did she get a Grammy too? Did, did, did does Tesla get one? I think so. Mm. Um. And then you want to moisturize your skin. Sorry. Oh, it wasn't televised. <laughs> no. But I feel like I saw it on the shade room. Uh. Congrats. Thing. But um, uh, continue. We are a mess. Continue to moisturize <laughs> your skin because your black will crack if it is drying all over the place like we were this episode. But listen, <laughs> we're doing the best we can. We're doing the best we can and with what we got. I still think we're doing pretty good. <laughs> I think so too. And with that, we'll do even better next week. <laughs> Ta ta. A <-tutu. laughs> Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.